Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Isotope Native Instruments and Plugin Alliance are launching a whole bunch of super hot deals for the Summer of Sound sale. From now until the 6th of July 2023, Isotope are offering all their software for 50% or more off including the comprehensive mixing and mastering bundle Music Production Suite 5, as well as flagship tools like Ozone, RX, Neutron, and more. All things I use to edit this podcast. Visit isotope.com and check out the frankly colossal range of things that you can get at extraordinary prices. And take your mixing and editing to a whole new level. Listen up, dear listeners in the UK. There's a brand new guitar show this year, the Brighton Guitar Show. It's a one-day show happening on the 15th of July at the Brighton Racecourse, and it's going to be great. We'll be there along with loads of your favourite boutique and major brands like Two Notes Audio Engineering, Chapman Guitars, Fidelity Guitars, Thought B Effects, Pedal Patch, Bright Onion Pedals, Ranger Effects, NRG Effects, Great Eastern Effects, Iverson Guitars, Kurt Mangan Strings, Maybury Lemon Audio, Xander Circuitry, and loads and loads more. What more excuse do you need to come to Sunny Brighton, the birthplace of guitar nerds, than a guitar show full of guitars, pedals, effects, and accessories? Come say hi, hang out, have a beer, and check out all the cool gear with Matt, JD, and I. You might even see a few of the OG guitar nerds hosts knocking about. For tickets, visit brightonguitarshow.co.uk or check them out on social media with Brighton Guitar Show. See you there. JD, I um I found a a wooden shoe in my toilet. Hmm. It was clogged. <laughs> uh, I, I tell you what, JD, I love dad jokes, but I don't have kids, which yeah. makes me a faux pas. Oh, I actually do. It. I actually, I think I have a drum roll. Oh, Sounds weird. They're going to be like, actually, I think I have a kid. <laughs> 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 Hello, dear listener. Hello, and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by JD Short. Hi, all. Hello, hello, welcome back, JD. It's been a few weeks since we've had you on an episode. I assume that means we're going to have loads of new gear to talk about, which is uh, normally the gist. <laughs> oh, yeah, prob- probably. Um, probably. I have also been on, you know, uh, 
a, a semi self-imposed uh, gear purchasing hiatus, which of course yes. has Never. not. I have not. I've not um, done well. I um, saw you post about this on the Guitar <laughs> yes. Nerds Facebook group that you were trying to <laughs> trying to abstain from from gear for a little while. You definitely you had a really. I think it was that guitar show, uh, yeah. that Birmingham guitar show, that really did you in. It's so difficult, isn't it? I do exactly that. Like you walk around a show, maybe you speak to a builder or a little brand that you didn't know about, and you get excited about the product. The next next thing you know, you've bought their back catalogue, and uh, and I think yeah. that happened to you maybe five times at the show. So. <laughs> well. I I mean it's the thing it's like it's like it's yeah it just sort of all happened all happened at once and it was it's the thing is like you know when you get on a roll you you, you either keep going or <laughs> you take a you take a pause and i was like oh, maybe I, I could take a pause because you know because also the brighton guitar show is coming up so yeah. that's you know to be fair that's really that's really why i want to want to just cool my jets <sighs> for a, a hot moment <laughs> That that is a good idea. I'm excited about that. Sometime in oh, July, the date is never quite going to my head when it is, but uh, I have it written down somewhere. Uh, oh 13th, yeah, fifteenth, so fifteenth, fifteenth, yeah. yeah. So do come down, dear listener. Me and JD are both going to be there, and Matt. Um, we're going to be doing some Q and A stuff with Thorpe Effects and uh, and and some others as well maybe do some stuff mm-hmm. high what are going to be there they're bringing a, a oh. load of their cool new amps so that'll be exciting yeah it'll be exciting to see those also yeah like there's there's some more thorpey stuff that i'll i wouldn't be surprised if i walk away with some thorpey stuff from that Ooh. show so what, what what sort of thing is there anything um, i mean really pining re- after? oh really the the chorus i think i really want to what is that called the uh, deep organ the deep organ yeah yeah i want to I really want to try that. Been looking for a new course effect. There's a there's a Dimadash one coming out soon, but I don't know if I have the patience to wait for it and mm. can never really have too many good courses really. So yeah. um yeah, so th- that's sort of my kind of main one that I'm that I'm looking for. And then there's always going to be other stuff like of theirs i mean all their stuff's great so it's oh, it's, it's so good tough. yeah the deep the deep organ is it one of the so the deep organ is the is the dan coggins another love tone dan coggins mm. collaboration just like we talked about the fat general matt and i jd talked about the fat mm, general yeah. last week so i've recently rediscovered that it might be the best compressor i own and yet it sat in a box it sounds just like a cs2 but with more clarity and it also runs on nine volts, which is nice. Oh, um, but um, but yeah, the deep organ. This looks good, like a three dimensional chorus. I haven't really checked it out. So what do you get? You get depth, rate, you get treble, yeah. which is that's nice. Plus volume and a blend. Oh, and wet and dry outputs. Yeah, that is I very mean, it, good. it is it is basically everything I want in a chorus pedal. Um, so. And and also, I just I love Thorpey stuff. They always look yeah. cool on the board, if nothing else, you know. And and I, you know, they are the best pedals that I think I've I've seen in ages. Like they're just you know, it's all you know, mil spec everything, so it's yeah. great. But. That's that's it, isn't it? That's what Adrian sort of went after. I think with with Thorpey effects, he he was just like, how do I make these things? the best possible build quality and then he also put so much time and effort into the creation of them and working with dan coggins so you're bringing back Mm. all these amazing pedals that you know reinterpreting amazing pedals that we didn't necessarily get yeah yeah so i mean i think that's i mean plus i mean there's so there's going to be so much stuff but like for thought that that's sort of my my prize sort of maybe i'll just pick one of these up because yeah 
you know, like, I mean, they're, they're always you know, sort of around on like Reverb or eBay and stuff as well. But it's like, I'd rather just, you know, get one at the show from yeah. <laughs> from Thor. They, so. they, they're expensive. They're like 250, 60 quid, something like that, aren't they, for, for a deep organ, which is a fair old shot. Was it three, uh, t- sorry, two, six, four, nine, yeah. nine on the, uh, on the website, which is a big chunk of money. But obviously, yes. Yeah. I mean, what you are cor- is quality. Yeah, and I always find like core. I mean, for me, chorus is sort of my. Besides octave, is is my main effect besides drives as well. But, right. you know, it's like yeah. it's it's sort of the the thing that I find it really pays to invest in a good chorus. Right, and certainly for like what I want is like you know I want like big analog chorus sounds, but I also want control because it's bass. And, you know, like, so it's, you know, there's bits of like, you know, there's only so many like Roland Prophet style or, you know, (laughs) like the, or like, or, you know, like a Juno style chorus sound, you know, the here in my head that it's like, oh, I want that. But then it's like, but that's not usable except in a few situations, really. And I like to have the option of both, but, but yeah. It's, it's always that I, I find so many choruses create this weird mid hump. Which mm. uh, which isn't it, it's not very usable for either guitar or bass. I mean, unless with guitar, if you specifically want that, then that's great. That can be what chorus is really good at. But certainly for bass, it makes you sit oddly in the mix. Definitely, if you're mixing between yeah. a clean signal and that, if you build your sound around a chorus being on all the time, you can cater for it. But if you're turning it on and off, it does odd things to where you sit in the mix, which is so often the problem. It's, it's what I love. The sound of the dimension chorus yeah. when I plug it in in a in my in my office or or on my own, and then I try and use it in a band. I'm like, huh, only having buttons is a little bit of a problem because I really yeah. want to tweak this. <clears throat> you mean that? Yeah, that's the thing with like that. I find this like, yeah, you can you can have a chorus that sounds great on your own, as you're saying, but it's like for for bass especially, like without. I find that you just it just becomes a bunch of mud. Really, right. like it's just yeah. this like like non-defined space that sort of feels like it weighs everything down in the way that like bad reverb can do as well. Where you know, like you listen to some some albums or some bands live, and you're saying, "I can't make out anything." Whereas it's like it's the reverb isn't there, like enhancing it. And again, yeah. like if if that's your if that's how you're planning, or that's a stylistic choice, whatever. But it's it's like when it's on and off, and everything that you just sort of. Yeah, you you want you, I only want it to sound bigger. So what I used to use my the chorus for, and I, I've probably talked about this before, but I, I used to run a stereo rig uh, in the old days when this was ridiculous. So like two eight tens, I knew I had one stage left, one stage right, and the, when I put the chorus on, it just made everything seem so much bigger because it was like because it was coursing between because I had stereo outs and it was coursing between uh, you know across the whole stage and everything as well, and that was that was the big the big point of it. But like I'm not. I'm not really doing that no. at the moment. So I just like, I just, I, I want it. I want to create movement and I want a, something a bit different to sort of make parts stand out or, or to blend in a bit. But yeah, I just don't, you know, anyway, it's important to buy a good course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I actually just changed the course on my board. I've changed it to the, uh, the JHS, I don't know what is this called. The Emperor. The, king, the Emperor. That that's yeah. it. I was about to say the King Penguin. No, it's the <laughs> yeah. Emperor. The V two uh, Emperor. Um, 
uh, is what I changed it to, which is great. And exactly the same, like if you want to use Chorus as a boost, one thing that this has, which not a lot of, well, not no, a lot of choruses that I come across have, is a volume control. Yeah. With some DB really boost, good. which is really nice. I can, all, this is almost my first stage of drive now, the, uh, the chorus pedal and having a master EQ is always very handy. Yeah. And then it just, it just has speed and depth, which are what you I, expect. I think, I think that that Emperor is a, a fantastic chorus as well. Like, yeah. I mean, really anything with like a real bucket brigade, like style, uh, chorus. So the, the analog bit, you know, like it just, it just, yeah. it's sound, there's so much more, something special about it i find than like a lot of the like digitally courses which there are a lot of really great ones but they're just different yeah you know and like yeah it's not really that I, I feel like i always miss it when it's not like a, a analog course that way so yeah yeah i completely agree um they are wicked now um i want to talk about I want to talk about one of your new purchases, JD. But before yeah. we do, I want to talk about something very exciting that only actually just happened. Dear listener, we're actually we're recording this podcast a little bit early. We're recording on a on a Friday morning, just because mm-hmm. I've got to go off to Ashdown. I'm going to Mars Volta on Sunday, and it would mean coming back from London, going back up. I'm excited about seeing Mars Volta. Actually, that that is that that is going to be great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the the Music Man Mariposa played live. Um, I will be reporting back, dear listener, on on you know what what Omar Rodriguez Lopez uses. Does he use the Mariposa the whole time? Are we going to see the old Ibanez ORL one? Maybe that weird short scale fifteen uh, fret thing that he had Ibanez make him where he wanted the neck as deep as the body. Um, that, that maybe that will come out. He used that for Bosnian Rainbows. Who knows? I don't think any of you care as much about uh, Omar Rodriguez Lopez as I do. So probably not interested, but I'm going to report back anyway. So maybe skip next week, dear listener. But the, uh, the I wanted to talk about is I have been speaking to, um, to the, the team, to Lars and Paul over at Vintage Guitars. Um, I've been speaking about to them about their new pro shop because I got a little press release this week announcing that um, Vintage are now releasing a custom shop within their pro shop. So, dear listeners, if you're not in the UK, you might not have heard of Vintage Guitars. They make a lot of uh, – it's, it's a terrible name, isn't it, because they, it makes it hard to search for, but they make a lot of sort of Gibson-esque, Fender-esque guitars – um at affordable prices but they're well built very well built wilkinson hardware they do lots of um uh like they do wilkinson pickups but also other like great pickup companies as well so it's it's nice stuff and they do some like road worn relics and uh there's there's loads of cool things in the range it's it's been quite substantial vintage are actually the company that made joe doe guitars dear listener you might remember we had ben court from joe doe on a couple of years ago they make all those amazingly interesting guitars inspired by films and uh pop culture and all the guitars have like a, a an interesting backstory as if they were owned by a fictitious person in the past which is very cool and um but basically vintage they have this pro shop where they do any of their existing models but they'll do like they'll make 10 models and maybe they'll do uh maybe they'll do a pink strap uh and they'll do like uh it will be pink over you know, whatever, pa- black paisley or something like that. And they'll do 10 of them and that's it. 
and they'll be 900 pounds or something yeah. incredibly affordable like that so it was uh it was always a fantastic custom shop and they did really interesting stuff like even like a heavy relics paul mccartney style violin bass came out of their pro shop which was awesome and it, again it was like 700 pounds um, and still with like wilkinson hardware and all these cool bits and i think the idea is they're having them made in their overseas um factory and then they've got a team of people over here. So they're getting the basic factory models and then they're modding them essentially here, um, but selling them for incredibly reasonable prices. But what they're doing now is they're opening it up to you, the public, dear listener. So you can now build your own vintage pro shop, which is pretty cool. Um, um, JD, have you seen the 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 link to this? They have like a yes. yeah. So they have like a page where you can you can choose all your specifications. Basically, it's 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 pretty rudimentary that that you know the page where you choose your specs, but you can also just have a conversation with them about what you want. The, the, this the the spec choosing bit is just to start the conversation. I think it's not like some of the other custom shops where you're designing on a three D thing. You're literally checking a box and then you'll have a discussion with them about specifically what you want because it's not like fender where it's like this is how we do a heavy relic you can specify what you want you could get some weird text written down the fretboard on these if you want like that they'll do anything you like you know it's uh it's a very cool very thorough very comprehensive custom shop with some really interesting models and the point i have taken a while to get to dear listener is that um we've we've agreed to let you lot dear listener design one so uh, me and paul at vintage we're talking about a few different ways to do this and we were like well maybe i said maybe matt and i uh could design a guitar each or something like that and then um and then the listeners could vote and we suggested or we could do like a spec a week um so and 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 you lot dear listener can vote on it so you know we might start with a body shape and you can contact us any way you like and let us know what body shape you think it should be. And next week, we'll choose the neck, the neck profile, the pickups, the finish. We won't go into too much hardcore detail because then it will just, you know, it will, go, it will go on for months before anything gets built. But we'll choose the, you know, the 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 basic guitar and then they're going to build it and we're going to give it away to one of you, dear listener, which is uh, which is pretty cool. It's pretty exciting. Um yeah. So, and we'll see. I did, question I have about, I mean, one, I'll say like, this is really cool. And I, I, I mean, for those of us who've spent hours and hours of our life building guitars on the, like the builders, like just to be like, Oh, what about this? Like, I feel like this is really cool to, to be able to sort of group do it. Um, yeah. Question I have is if there's sort of a general process at the end for, for us, for someone to be like, you know, none of these things go together. We need to make it, make sure that it's fine. Only in the sense that, you know, like when you go to some of those like pizza places where you can, you, whatever, like to create your own pizza, like whatever, yeah. whatever sort of like toppings you want, it's all the same price, those, those kinds of things. And the amount of times I've, I've added too many things because I'm <laughs> at each time I'm like, oh, I like that. Oh, I like that. And at the end, it's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have put these things together. Yeah. Um, it's not great. So I just, I wonder yeah, if there's I, if sort of a, a, a general like caveat of I'm not going to do anything ridiculous like too. But also, 
you and I are not the ones to say what's too ridiculous. Well. <laughs> no, true. <laughs> well, well, I'm I'm hoping that the way I'm going to make it work is by doing a spec a week. So, like, so I can choose. I'll choose what the spec choices are. It won't, mm. you know. Pe- people can suggest outside of it, but so for example, if we choose a strap body. Um, or no, I do it differently. If if we chose a legible body, the next week, you know, you're not going to necessarily Single have the coils. option to choose, yeah, strap pickups yeah. or a strap neck or so, something like that. Yeah, okay, we're, we're yeah, then end up with something weird. But I guess yeah. that's how we'll do it to keep it. I I, I don't know. I literally got the email from yeah. Paul confirming that it was a good idea about an hour before we started podcasting. Yeah. So I'm still. I mean, yeah. So it's really cool. I just was sort of you know. I, I realize we're we're doing this live on air, <laughs> but it's just like really. Like, oh, just want to make sure that because it because it's going to someone else. Like if it was going to one of us, he'd be like, okay, well, whatever. But it's like I really want someone to have this special guitar and love it, you know, yeah. and be able to actually yeah. use it as opposed to being like, well, it's a yeah, a, a, a single Strat pickup in a Les Paul in the bridge position, you know, or whatever. And you'd be like, well. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we can do we could do like stuff on the tops, like you, like we could do graphics and things if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hope the listeners don't choose that. But I was you, you and I holding hands, nude, <laughs> running into the sea. <laughs> <laughs> You've said it now. Someone's going to suggest it. <laughs> but yeah, I was but flicking running through. away, away into yeah. the sea. You know, <laughs> away, so, yes. Yeah. That, that's better. That, that's that's a, that's the better of the two options. Yeah, but they. Uh, if you want to check out their stuff, it's vintage guitars. R us R spelt with the letter R. <laughs> Love that name. Dot uh, com is the website, and you can check out their pro shop on there. But they've got some crazy things, like they've got a Day of the Dead fronted yeah. uh, Les Paul, which is pretty weird. But they've, uh, um, you know, they've they've done really tasteful things. Like I'm looking at a Gun Hill Blue fifties Telly sort of you know, like a medium relic where oh, it's just the wear on it looks excellent. But they'll do other stuff as well. Like they've done um, their VSA 500, which is kind of their 335 with a big speed. And oh, there's so much stuff. Yeah. I mean, I also like, I also really into some of the, like the Les Paul styles with the Illumitone, like pickups and stuff, which just feels so modern-y, but uh, like, yeah. I'm into, I'm into it. You know, there's, there's so, there's, so many options on here, so that's really the, cool. The Illumitone pickups look like Fishman's, but yeah, with uh, with like in neon green, blue, or red, which is very specific, but kind of cool. I think that sort of thing. Ben Caffrey actually, as soon as I posted about this on the Guitarnas Facebook group, Ben Caffrey posted <laughs> saying that he hopes it ends up being like a a neon pink uh, Floyd Rose loaded, or sorry, neon green Floyd Rose loaded, Floyd Rose loaded. Um, super strat with a single humbucker in the neck i, I would go for that if we could get one of these illumitones in the oh in the yeah i mean i mean the thing is like we both love emgs as well yeah, exactly. and and you know an ibanez gym is probably the guitar i would buy if if, really? it, if it, yeah, yeah i mean i, I love them <laughs> also i mean also i'm a you know, I'm a, I'm a metal kid anyway, so it's just like, yeah, it's what it's got a built-in handle, you know, and like I know there are new newer models and stuff, but it's like this is one, yeah, one like a late '80s, early '90s vibe, like gym. That's what I want. Yeah, 
Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I'm kind of like I'm looking through to get inspiration. I kind mm. of I really like they do like a V6, um, which the V6 is like their strat. They do it in like a heavily distressed um, graffiti yellow. Oh yeah, HSS. I saw that. Yeah, I could get behind that. I could get behind graffiti, something heavy relict in graffiti yellow. Like, dear listener, lean into the eighties. That's what I reckon you should do. Yeah. Let's go something. We we can do color over color. Like there's a surf green strat over sunburst as well. I feel like we is, I feel like color of a co- I mean color over color. It's got it's got to be there, right? You know, like Yeah. I mean, and imagine imagine it two colors end up in a tie and we just magically make it color over color. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. They they've done some really cool looking their V120 which is their Les Paul Jr. There's like um it just, they call it. They just say distress red, but the red is really specific. It's not cardinal. It's like um, uh, postbox red. Yeah, um, yeah. Or, or almost maybe fiesta. It might be fiesta. Uh, it's somewhere between the two. Over um, sunburst, which looks fantastic. Yeah, it, yeah. I would say. Oh, it's interesting. It, yeah. Well, a couple of the photos look different, but I think yeah, fiesta, but like a a bright, rich fiesta. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not the sort of salmon pink fiesta which we have now, which is supposed to be the aged version of the color. Yeah, um, but yeah, oh, there is um, some really good stuff on here. <laughs> there is, there is. I think I'm probably going to ask them to build a base for me anyway. <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, of course we are. Uh, <laughs> speaking of which, have you have you bought anything recently? Uh. Okay, we, we yeah, we'll do mine first. <laughs> I accidentally did. I was uh, so, well. One of the other things I want to talk about was I, I went over to um, to Tim, the guitarist in Polymath's house, um, earlier this week to build his new pedal board, which was a great success. But you know, I had a, a handful of beers, and I was on my way back on the train, looking at eBay. Always and, happens. Uh, yeah, I know. And I was like, oh, this is this is quite cheap. I'll throw a little bid on that. And and you know you just sort of you throw a bid and you immediately get outbid and I was like well I'd go up by ten pounds and see where that goes and I just did that a few times until it went you were the highest bidder I was like brilliant I didn't really almost want to win it I was like well mm. I'll, I'll get it out outbid now and then I saw that it had like eight hours left and that would be the middle of the night <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. so I was oh no no one's gonna. No one's going to bid on this, are they? So sure enough, I woke up the next uh, the next morning. The 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 not quite so proud owner of a Silver Series Squire Silver Series Precision Bass in black with a black plate. Do you remember the Silver Series? Yeah. No yeah. one cares about them. I don't know why they're still Japanese made. Early nineties. Yeah. yeah, i i had a I had a, a Jap- like one of the Silver Series J basses for a while, and I mean it was twenty years ago, but like it was. Yeah, it was it was excellent. It was like a really good platform to mod and build a, a better version of. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. But it's it's. I just find it weird that it is like this one was like uh, I checked the serial and it was like ninety two. This still, you know, I know that's not the heyday of 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 the Japanese building stuff, but they're, they're still an, an amazing, like it's an amazing factory that it's made out of. It's it's a Fender approved product yeah. i guess you know there are cheaper parts on it but you know i i got it for like 220 pounds which is you know not not an, a, a very affordable price but they don't go for a lot 
generally like they go for around 300 pounds and that's that's any of them the tellies the strats the p's the j's they all seem to go for around that money it's just it's such a good value like yeah for a japanese built you know fender licensed instrument i think that's that's great a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I mean, it's, I, don't, I don't need another P-Base, but, um, but now yeah, I guess that's... It's, it's another P-Base. That's it. I've got four. I've got four now, so... Uh, I don't know what to do with that. Have I got four? The nine, I've got a 69. I've got a 62 Japanese one that's currently being refinished by Matt Oram of Fidelity Guitars. I'm having that refinished oh, in, yeah. in white. Yeah. And uh, I have got a 50s one, which is in a two-tone sunburst, which is a refinished to, to a two-tone sunburst. So that's a nice, a proper um, nitro finish. And... Oh, that's the three. So this is the fourth. Yeah, there you go. So that's 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 what it's going to be. Another precision base for my collection. But you, JD, have bought something far more interesting than just a black Rosewood Necked P base. <laughs> yeah, so I bought a Berthier Kramer of 450B. So that's it's a 1978 uh, aluminium necked Kramer with the two um, the two big single coil um, massive. Oh, they single coil pickups. Uh, yeah, single. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Although the, it, it's dead quiet, so they may be humbuckers. But like, right. I th- I think the old literature says they're single coil. At like in '78, the old literature says that. So, right. I don't really know, but they're like I said, like they're dead quiet, and it's sort of uh it's the uh, it's an American black walnut and uh, maple sort of body, like the classic vibes that you get from you know, from basic basis of that era, you know, kind of thing. And yeah. it's um, very much like Travis Bean style, um, everything, but it's compared to my other Kramer. Um, it's, it sounds so huge um, kind of thing. And it was like, yeah, it was a similar story. It's like, I saw it's been one I've been watching for probably about a year and a half or so. Um, and then I, the price started coming down. On reverb? 
Yeah, and reverse. Yeah. So it's been it's been there. It's been there. I for think quite I some was time. watching the same one then. I didn't realize that that's uh, that was the one you went for. Yeah, yeah I think maybe. I was probably watching the same one because there were a few. Did it start off around yeah. eighteen or maybe 15, yeah, probably somewhere around that. Yeah, and then, but it was cause it, maybe it wasn't. There there were a couple um, that I that I basically I, I'm watching all. Like aluminium necked Kramers, uh, certainly in the UK. So, um, um, yeah. So it was, and it was, it was one of those things. I had just sort of had like a conversation with some people, and it's, it was a thing where I was talking about how when I turned thirty, I meant to buy a Rickenbacker and didn't, because um, you know when I used to, I used to work there. I was like, okay, well, when I turn thirty, I'll, I'll buy one. Um, and then I just never got around to it and kind of stuff. And I was like, you know. I'm just going to get one. And so like my birthday's not till December, but I was like, this is going to be it. And I saw it was like the next day, the price started coming down on this one. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm going, cause it's, you know, very few gear regret regrets, but like, I feel like th- this could have added to it. And, you know, and so I was like, man, I'll just do it. And so I'm just kind of put a, put a message out. And I was like, again, that same sort of thing of like sort of hoping it would be a little out of reach, you know, and then um, <laughs> I chatted, uh, chatted to the guy a little bit and then it's here and it's great. So, wow. you know, like, wow. So it is, um, it's the same body shape that you get on the DMZ guitar. Yeah. That's right. Is the, do they call it the DMZ? On, the DMZ on, is, Sorry. Yeah, well, um, yeah, because it's New Jersey. Uh, yeah. So the DM, the DMZ is just basically, it's like when it has the DiMarzio pickups oh um, i see right so it's like um yeah so so the the ones that i that I have are like the uh, kramer so they have like they're the the big chrome big chrome humbucker shape like soap bar shape with yeah. like kramer stamped on the on the metal which just looks dope <laughs> to be fair um but it's it's great it's like volume volume tone tone and uh a three-way switch between picking like for the pickups anyway which is pretty cool to have you know volume and tone but um yeah it's a really versatile bass because the other the the other kramer i have is just a is it's the p version of that yeah. which is just volume tone and like a bit of a boost um yeah. a passive boost um but it's yeah it's really it's really versatile and it does really throaty like finger style lines exceptionally well like right. just bridge pickup so it's like yeah, and and the the neck pickup is is right at the end of the the fretboard. The bridge is basically right at the bridge, so you have this like big chunk of open space, which is just dying to be played with a plectrum. To be yeah. fair, yeah. Um, but it's it's because the pickups are so wide, you get that real sort of like ovationy or really big boomy kind of sound from the the neck pickup, and then the bridge pickup is like a sort of classic just like a, a ballsy J bridge right. sound yeah. and yeah. it's, but being able to like just slightly put them out of phase a bit. So like the tone, you know, so that's not full on, full on, but like back the bridge just a bit, like it's just, it just cuts through um, like anything. And it's such a, yeah, 
I really dig it. I'm happy. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. they look great. They're so interesting. So, dear listener, if you've seen them, especially on the 2000 series guitar, it has exactly the same neck. It's not like just an aluminium neck like you might get today mm. that you can buy to, to retrofit on a guitar. The Kramer necks are, um, are aluminium in places and then... And then it has; they have two runs of wood that run that that sit in the aluminium. I guess to give you the stability and tonality of aluminium, aluminium, but the feel of wood. I don't yeah. know. It's yeah. So it's basically so the the neck design is it's like a T shape basically that runs. So it's flat, flat yes, for the fr- right. uh, under the yeah. fretboard, and then it's like a T shape that runs in the back. The reason the reason they did that is, and the fretboard's like ebonol. So it's right. um, it's an ebonol fretboard, and so the reason which is the re- reconstituted ebony material, yeah, it's like yeah. the like epoxy plasticite. You know, it's basically yeah. like a waterfall table, but um, for your bass <laughs> um, or a guitar. But it's it's the reason they did that was because this was a these were a reaction to the Travis Bean guitars, yeah. um, and so it was initially to reduce weight. Um, ah. and to give a bit more of the feel of wood. So you have, so it's basically like there's two, there's two wood like filler strips in essence that are sort of, sort of conical. Like if you look, they look like half dowel rods, basically. Like if you yeah. were to cut them, kind of picture it. But then it's, it's basically so you get the feel. So under, under your thumb, it's still fe- like you're mostly on like the wood parts. So it still feels sort of that. And it's like glossed finished wood, like you would like if you wanted like have that and then you get the just the the zinginess and stability and like heft of the of the aluminium where it's um what's there but you know it was it really is to sort of it's for the feel and i see you know it looks cool too but it's also it, 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 was, I mean, it looks it's amazing. a weight thing yeah right it's a weight thing i, I had no idea the um um the thing that strikes me about that is over time would the if the wood shrinks mm. or um or the opposite of shrinks <laughs> then uh, yeah. then is it going to end up out of line with yeah. the the T line of aluminium on the back yeah it does so like there's some there's some I've played over the years um where you, there's like a noticeable gap and like on mine, you can sort of tell like it's it's two pieces of wood stuck into a thing. It's not you know it, it's not like a seamless feel, right, but it's right. not. But I, it's not detrimental or anything. And it's sort of I mean, both of my bases are forty some. You know, they're they're both late seventies. I yeah. think um, one seventy one. I can't remember if it's like seventy nine or if it might be an eighty one or something like that. Right. And so they're stuff changes that you know like it's it's not like it's not like they were brand new but yeah there i think there is some variance in that so that's something to check out if you're looking at them um now that i think i'm at least done for a while i'm happy for everyone to go uh (laughs) to go (laughs) to go look and see but i have you know i have the two the two biggies so yeah right that i i feel like that time period that like late 70s was uh just there were so many guitars that came out like this and they all mm. look like that, that coffee tables. They're super heavy. They'll have loads of features and they'll be very premium. But, you know, I think of like the, that Kramer stuff. It reminds me of the Ibanez musician line, yeah, yeah. Um, which they did great basses, but great guitars as well. Oh, where the, the, 
Yeah, sorry, guys. Yeah, I was uh, like, those those are some. I'm sorry, <laughs> those are some of my those are some of my favorites. And what I what I would I would think about this since last time I was on, we talked about like rare or like what's still undervalued in the market kind of finds. Yeah. And I always find those those roadsters and musicians Ugh, and stuff yeah. from like the '70s and and like they're always always so good. And I remember, yeah. you know, like in the early noughties and stuff, like friends had them and it was just kind of like, Oh, what's that cheap Ibanez that you, you had? And you're like, this is an amazing yeah. guitar. Like what? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. They're just such a, a, such, I mean, this look hasn't come back around yet. I don't think it's, it's in vogue at the moment. I hope it does come back around. Cause I, I think they're very cool. I I'm, I'm a big fan of the Ibanez musician series, especially yeah, yeah. Get, for, for this dear list, not on specs. I, and I'll talk about the guitars, um, they, they made their own pickups at, at this time. So they're their own custom shape. And the pickups had, um, the pickups have like a circumference to them. So they, they sit perfectly in line with your strings where your guitar perfectly set up. You, you look at like the three part bridge and the way they've done the saddles and how they're adjustable. It's the sort of thing that you would spend hundreds of pounds on a retrofitting bridge that does this sort of thing. They just throw it on there. And then you look at the, they're like the switching options. They'd make them active. They'd give you mm. three bands of EQ plus a master tone and volume because you can run it passive as well. And then like, I actually don't know. I'm looking at an Ibanez Musician MC500 seri- series on eBay somewhere in the States. And uh, it's a 1979 one. I oh, don't give any information on it. There are, tell me if you know what these are, dear listener. There are three little buttons on, um, they, they might be tiny little toggles, actually. It's, it's hard yeah, to tell. Yeah, little toggles, yeah. Are they little toggles? But, oh, yes, they are. Sorry, I can see from the side. They're not actually little at all. It was just the, the angle of the other photo I was looking at. One's red. It might just be that it's retrofitted, and the other two are... Are just a, a black metal, but I think I think that I think they had a red one. Um, like I think they all had uh, the red switch, and I think I think that is I think the red was active passive or ah. something or like turn on. But, but I think I don't. I think it was more about a boost. It's the other thing is like it's one of those those eras where nothing was set in stone. Like everyone was doing new stuff. Yeah, and it, we hadn't got to a place where everyone's like, oh well, you don't do that. This is what most people want. Where yeah, you know, and, and it feels like you know by you know whether this is a good thing or a bad thing like there's there's so much like designed by committee or designed by like boardroom stuff happening where it's like well that doesn't actually sell no one actually wants that or if they do we'll aftermarket or we'll make it a you know like a signature model and it's it's like it's yeah it's one of the things i love about that this era of guitars is that everything was everything was new because i think i think this is correct, but the like the MC five hundred especially, I think was was more of a reaction to a lot of the Olympic guitars and the Olympic right, basses yeah. that have been coming out, and because this is and then thinking about some of the BC Rich, like their top end that they had there, where it was very much akin to like what you would get with Olympics with all sorts of stuff in there, you know, and it's things like the Grateful Dead like musically is not really i've never been into them musically but yeah. gear wise they are probably the band that propelled guitar i think also right time but propelled like innovation as far as like instruments go for uh, like electric instruments yeah. go like more than any any other band for sure 
Yeah, yeah, you are. You are probably right there. I, I agree. I feel the same. There, music is uninteresting to me. It's not for me, but uh, not that it's not great, dear listener. But uh, mm. yeah, not for me. But they absolutely did drive innovation. It was a great time. Like another another company that springs to mind, making great stuff, slightly different. Yamaha and the SG. The SG. Oh, yeah. What what a fantastic Les Paul alternative at that point in time. I mean, I, you know, I've seen a, a few came through GAC when we were working there, and I've owned a couple, and they were always the heaviest guitars in the world. And I think when I was younger, I was like, oh no, this is heavy that's that's a bad thing whereas now i'd be like yeah that's awesome i want to yeah. tell with some heft to it but they i mean they they go for some serious money now you know you can't get one for i guess they're, they're two i'm looking at two thousand two and a half that sort but of I thing mean, but i mean you think about it and it's like that that is that is a lot especially for what you could get them for seven years ago let's sure, say sure yeah but uh, but i mean they're incredible instruments for yeah. that that you know it's like that if you were to buy that spec new i think you'd you'd be double that maybe yeah. in some places depending on who and what and you know you i mean one you know i've always had an issue with how much olympics cost but um <laughs> even when i didn't have to pay full price for them but it was it's still you you look at the prices for for their stuff and it's there's no nothing compares and like the their old stuff is is cheaper than than you can buy new now and and everything right. but uh, yeah i the other the other brand that i keep thinking about too is um kawaii like i feel like they another japanese brand but i feel like they do so many they did other versions of this in like the late seventies, early eighties, like their guitars that were all, you know, this, the same sort of vibe of like neck through active, mm-hmm. lots of options. Like, um, bass wise, they have like their, the F two B or F I I B technically is how it's written. Um, is, it, it was sort of designed as like an Olympic killer. And you see, oh, you know, it's very cool. Oh, that, that's, that's another one of my, like, I wish I would have, I wish I owned one of these. Um, Cause I mean, they're fantastic there and you see loads of, um, you know, footage of bands like the top tier bands from like that era playing, playing these guitars, like the Ibanez musician, you see the Kawhi F2B, you see, you know, a lot of um, like earth, wind and fire style um, videos and bands playing stuff like that. And it's just, I mean, I, not wanting to sound all old man yells at cloud about like <laughs> looking, <laughs> l- lusting after gear that, you know, is older than us, but still mm. like, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that's what a lot of us do anyway, but yeah. it's just like, yeah, it's just such a, it's thing is that they should all be held up as legendary instruments. I think in a way that, that they sort of aren't, you know, it's just like these things exist. They're great, but no one cares now. Yeah, and there's like there's so many old stuff that was terrible that we think about like like that custom bass I used to have. Do, do, you, remember, do you remember this one? That like it was like the custom. What is the model number? It was like a late '60s semi hollow, like like a Rickenbacker 360 shape on a bass. Was short scale. Um, like the. What is it? I don't it was, remember. Yeah, it was a custom K two hundred. It was a custom K two hundred. Is the is the base right? Um, so it was two two big 
like I don't even know because oh yeah I see, I see anything I remember it's when I was doing work on and I was trying to make it like a a cross between loads of stuff and then it's remember. the thing that I found that the the string spacing uh wasn't a standard string spacing so nothing fit so when I tried to like retrofit a bridge the only way I could do it was to put on uh like a violin bass bridge and like send it down because those you have the little f- pieces of fret wire that you can like move to the right <laughs> place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's like all these stuff. And so I remember I have the, the one of the pickups from it and I had, I bought a, a TV Jones, was it the thunder bass pickup? I think, right. um, just sort of put in it to get a, a bit more modern stuff. And then before I moved, to the UK, I thought those had succumbed to my um, rush to to get everything out because it was, you know, pandemic vibes, right? So it was like yeah. couldn't really do anything. So it was, and I thought I thought I must have accidentally tossed them away, but I um, was going through a box of stuff I had and found both those pickups yeah. um, the other day, and so like <laughs> so now I'm trying to figure out what I do, and you know, it might be. You know, as we talked about, like buying a new bass is probably uh, to put them in is probably the way to go. But <laughs> I did think maybe <laughs> that's such a great yeah, excuse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> May, yeah, I found a pickup must must have a new bass. But I did think that maybe maybe I'll try to put the uh, the TV Jones in the uh, yeah in the Bronco just to just to give it a whirl and see how that, see how that goes. Yeah, it's like the it. most the most unbronco pickup of <laughs> big massive TV Jones. But I'm I'm into it. You should yeah. do that. You should do it. Now, dear listener, that is the uh, that is the question duck reminding me to remind you that after JD and I finish on this episode, we're heading over to the Guitar Nerds Patreon, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds, where each week we record an extra episode where we talk about uh, topics raised on the Guitar Nerds Facebook group. Um, and we've got a few things to kind of talk around this week. Daniel Walker, um, he has he's he's picked up a an HSS Shelping Squire Stratocaster. I just kind of wanted to talk. Well, I didn't even know this was something that you could get, but it looks fantastic. Maybe we'll talk a bit around those uh, those models. As Sam Sam Brooksby um, was asking for recommendations on his first foray into reverb pedals for noodling Ooh. at home, something not too complicated. Um, and then, I don't know, we've got some other things. Um, uh, Renard, I think that's how you say your name, uh, um, it, it builds guitars, and he uh, last year had one of these, his radical winged headstock instrument um, was released to a great fanfare and Guitar World have just uh, put out an article on his new model. Maybe we'll talk about that. Uh, we've got some other things. Uh, I mean, Dewey uh, is is looking at buying a chorus pedal. Maybe we'll extend our mm. chorus chat and we've got some other things there as well. But do join us, dear listener, on the Patreon after, um, after we finish this episode. Um, before we go there, however... Um, I was choosing what to talk about next. Uh, okay, so uh, a couple of, before before we, I want to do the thing that I've been um, that I've been messing around with this week. Let's talk about that. It is. I just want to get it. I got sent this afterlife fuzz. Oh yeah, um, great. from VVCO uh, pedals, um, which is uh, absolutely 
Fantastic. So, dear listener, if you've not seen this, it, I I can't believe the insane value you're getting for for the uh, Afterlife pedal. I think this is like the the last run of Afterlife pedals that they're doing, which is why they are so incredibly affordable. Um, um, on the vvcopedals.com website, dear listener. I need to tell you about this pedal, first of all. It is a coffin-shaped distortion stroke fuzz. A massive, oversized coffin-shaped fuzz. There are so many features that I will talk about in a minute. First of all, it is currently £80 on their shop, down from 239 Tax included, dear listener. What more could you possibly want? It is very cool. It is huge. It's not very pedalboard-friendly, but... Who cares? It sounds yeah. fantastic. The, the thing is, when you know, when you when you make a pedal in a chassis like this, it obviously I'm I'm concerned. Is this going to be a gimmick? Is it going to sound? Is 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 it going to sound decent? You know, not not decent. Like, is it going to blow me away, or is it just going to be an average pedal in a in a mm. box? But it's actually fantastic. Like other features that are really cool about it is that the LED is constantly changing colours. The coffin has these uh, sort of uh, almost holes around the side where the light uh, resonates through those as well. So it's a whole light show on your pedal board anyway, uh, just straight off the bat. Two controls. The only controls are a volume and then four separate voicings, which are a whirlwind, some thunder, a sun, and a star. And they're all just different voicings. So it's a vintage distortion is the whirlwind. The thunder is modern distortion. The sun is modern fuzz. And the star is vintage fuzz. I mean, to be fair, that's four separate pedals you know four separate yeah. distortions you're you're getting because it's yeah i think i remember looking it's like it's basically like a ds1 rat a maestro fuzz and whatever the modern fuzz is but like it's yeah. like i think the modern fuzz might be something that's it's based on their own fuzz okay. their uh because yeah. they do a separate pedal called the pickle fuzz oh, right, so right, i think right. the modern one is that but the rest of those were right yeah and you're, yeah. you're absolutely right it is four different analog effect circuits inside <laughs> Four I different just... analog effect circuits. They're not just doing this cheaply with some, you know, some digital presets or slightly changing an EQ and saying, "Oh, this one sounds more like this, so we'll call it yeah. this." It is. It is literally four different analog effect circuits inside. I. I mean, it's, it's cer- certainly. I mean, I think it's it's good value for what, like at its original price, really, but for 80 quid or you know like <laughs> like that's the- that's that's sub 100 that's sub 100 dollars yeah. you know like that's that's actually it's it's ridiculous and it's, uh, yeah and it's cool it's a completely custom chassis like yeah. you, you know nothing's been and and everything's great it doesn't look like it, it looks so professional like i love on the back it's got like a um uh on the back, it has information about the pedal, which is great. And it says, uh, um, chaos ensuing darkness focused on a moment in time. Tone is the afterlife. It's uh, I mean, one of the things that it it's, says. It's, uh, the other thing I was thinking about is it's like, it would, it would be ridiculous of us and hypocritical, but, you know, it's also us. If we were to, to be like, um, well, I don't like this pedal that were that is clearly not designed by a bunch of boardroom suits. You know, <laughs> it's like yeah. like people will be like, you know what, we're going to do? We're going to put it in a coffin, and you know, we're not just going to cover it with like a bunch of skulls and like, you know, make this only only suitable for goths. 
you know, yeah. <laughs> like it's just a, it's just a cool coffin style case. And really, the the thing that really gets me is is the 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 holes on the side, like the lights where where you would have like handles on like a coffin, like the, yeah, yeah. the lights. It's such it's such a cool thing, and it's just like it. It's a good vibe. It's the kind of stuff where like if you only wanted to take one pedal for su- for places, you you get four distortions that you don't have to really fiddle with between, yeah. like just just yeah. being able to select it. That's really good. I, I'm super into it. Like yeah. I, I think it's an absolute smash. So I, well I really liked it. I um I, I recorded a little thing with it. I'll play a little sample, dear listener, so you can hear it. So at first, I, I recorded something with it where I was just like playing the same riff on all the four different presets. But on, honestly, that you know, even though they are different, certainly the Maestro one stands out as being very different. The, there are there's a lot of similarities. So. It, it would almost, you know, I didn't feel it was showing off the pedal by me just playing the same riff through each one. So instead, I built a little track where I used the Maestro because it's, of course, very thin, nasally fuzz. I've used that as like some rhythm stuff underneath. And then I've used the modern distortion and the modern fuzz for two like parallel side by side lead guitars. The first, um, uh, the first, the first guitar tone that you'll hear come in is the, uh, the modern dis, fuzz the modern fuzz uh which is based on their uh first pedal i i really liked that i thought it sounded the best it did that lovely wonderful super squishy gated fuzz but without making it unusable i didn't feel like it was uh sometimes they can be too small it makes them too square wave to be in a box this one was still fat and thick and it had lovely artifacts and harmonics and things like that it was just great but anyway here is uh here's the afterlife um oh i also shoved a load of organ on it because it's shaped like a coffin and it was appropriate The Afterlife Fuzz Stroke Distortion. Four different analog pedals in one in a coffin case. On the surface level, it seems gimmicky, but it's not. It's actually yeah. just a great pedal, and now it's eighty pounds or a hundred dollars. Yeah. Oh, so good! It's yes. I, I I really I really like all those tones, and I I think it's the thing that I always think about too. Like when you're talking about like the they're not just running the same riff through the different presets, you know, presets, like the different circuits to sort of say, oh, this is how each one sounds. Because it's like, you would imagine that you would play differently mm, if it's exactly. a different style sound. And so I, th- I think that's, 
Yeah, much, it, it's much much better. Yeah, it, it was exactly that. I think when I when I wrote the original one, which obviously I'm not playing for anyone dear this, and when I wrote the original one, I was doing like a, I think I really liked the uh, the one I used the the main bit for at the start, the uh, the modern fuzz the most. So I wrote the riff using that, and then I re-recorded it with the other things, but certainly with like vintage fuzz, which has loads of l- low end, a lack of mids, and a lack of high end. It's a bit more woofy the precision of the riff didn't work so well on it. And I played the maestro one last. And of course, a maestro is, is a really trebly thin sounding fuzz. And it just made that federal sound, that, that effect sound weak because I was playing a riff that I'd written with a heavily gated fuzz. Whereas, you know, you play some, some big chords with a maestro fuzz and it's perfect. It's so, it's so brash and nasty and gnarly. That's what the maestro needs. So yeah, it's just different applications for each one of the presets, but just a, a, a brilliant pedal i thought i think yeah. it was great well into it yeah. yeah absolutely well um i mean that is we we are more or less coming up to time jd we are going to head over dear listener to patreon talk about um some other questions maybe i'll talk about the stuff i was posting on facebook as well the the zilla cabs that i that i put up there and how the 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 head that i posted already uh, already sold <laughs> yeah. um but uh, yeah, yeah well, it's uh, also like such a such a laugh that we've both now talked about like things we found that we th- didn't know we had that's <laughs> <So, laughs> how you know you've got a problem yeah yeah um yeah but uh dear listener you can get in touch with us uh, to ask a question or for any reason at all if there's a company you think we should be checking out or anything like that email us info at guitarnerds.net dm us on instagram ask us questions in the facebook group if you're a patreon supporter then contact us through there we're heading over to patreon to talk about all the questions join us visit patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds for all the info on how to sign up and support our little community which you can do dear listener for as little as a dollar a month thank you very much for listening you've been lovely we've been the guitar nerds farewell goodbye Well, that's it for another week of the Guitar Nerds podcast, which only leaves me to say thank you eternally and very, very muchly to all of our top tier Patreon backers. Thank you very much to Marcus Deluxe, Suresh, Dorsonic Pickups, Chris Franklin, Anton Fryant, Russ Meehan, Barry Gresbick, Steve Davis, Daniel Walker, Jorin Brown, John Conway, The Studio Rats, Russell Healing, Yogi the Guitarist, Ty Allen, Carl Harris, Sean Hughes, Andy Hoffler, Eric Hemmer, Jeffrey Wax, Brian Einsler, Mark Hizial Kaduaki, Stuart Robson, Eric File, Peter Pesce, Andy Manley, Joe Puttick, Blake Wyland, Phil Radomski, Dave Lee, Ross Edwards, Jason Wharton, James Dore, Jake Gray, Derek Rich, Scott Kennedy, Steve Merkel, Abe Matthews, Christopher Losef, Stephen Burke, Robin Smith, Kytopia the Band, J.D. Short, Andy McKenzie, Brad Page, Paul Corrigan, Rob Nordvik, Scott O'Brien, and the wonderful Moog Graphic.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.